All right, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Isaiah chapter 43, let me just read you what the Lord has placed on my heart. And um, as you're turning there, uh, the Lord began to deal with me and speak to me at, at the end of last year and for our church, Church LV, and, and the churches I pray for and help oversee and and really believe the spirit of revival and, and, and God just doing something brand new. And, um, and so... I said, Lord, you know, I, I'm a revival guy. At the end of the day, I love a revival where only God gets the glory, right? A revival that is so pervasive where the Holy Spirit is so, so moving in such a way that even a skeptic, come on, has to say that there's God in that house, right? When you see a broken ankle healed, right? And I remember McCall, 19, whatever, uh, how many years ago was that now? 24 years ago, right? And, and that girl, she starts, you know, jumping up and down and going crazy. I, I, I love it when I see growths disappear, when God opens up deaf ears, when, when God does something, come on, that nobody can deny. Can I hear an amen? Do you understand that in this whole area right here, it's a miracle zone? Do you understand that Southern California has a heritage of miracles and, and revival? In a, in a move of God and it's no coincidence that you're sitting in this tent whether you're a pastor of another church or come to this church right now because I really do believe as God spoke to me that this is the year of revival unprecedented moves of God the beginning of something brand new can I hear an amen right now and so little did I know that all of a sudden now what happened would begin to take place is I would launch on a revival tour. And, and literally, I, I've been preaching like nonstop, right? It's, it's been amazing. I was, in, I was in Anaheim and I was in Irvine and in Fullerton. And then I, I went down to Oceanside and, and then I went up to Boise, Idaho. And then I went back to L.A. And, and then I was in Palm Springs on Wednesday. And, and here, come on, I'm here on, uh, what day is it? Saturday. And got to be back in Vegas and then next week I'm going to be in Sacramento and I why because people are hungry for the presence of God again and so I, I'm excited to be here honored to be here and I want to share with you a message that got burned on my heart I just believe it's a message for the body of Christ and it says this in Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old behold I will do a what I refurbished, recycled, rebranded. No, what he's going to do a what? Say la re. A new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you, shall you not know it? Another translation, do you not perceive it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Road in the wilderness. Rivers in the desert. ESV says, a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Way, wilderness, rivers, desert. It's very important. Okay? Way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give my people, to my people, my chosen people. My chosen people. This people I have formed for myself that they shall Continue to complain. That they shall keep repeating what CNN and Fox News is saying. That they keep saying that California, is it, nothing good's going to come out of it. It's over. No, that they might declare, come on somebody, my praise. Father, we honor you. We give you praise. Can we just give God praise right now? Father, we give you praise. 
Open up your mouth and give him praise. Hallelujah, God. We give you praise. We honor your name. Your name is great. There is no name like the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. At the name of Jesus, demons tremble. At the name of Jesus, people get healed. At the name of Jesus, deliverance takes place. At the name of Jesus, there is nothing like the name of Jesus. Come on, man. Oh. Sit down. This is a Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Thank God I didn't preach last night. It's warmer right now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I want to talk to you and then just give you this thought. The title of the message is Looking, 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 Looking. As we begin 2023, I would ask you this question. What are you looking for God to do? I could reverse it and say, what are you believing to see God do? Because if you don't see, you don't dream. Every time you look at the scripture and it talks about seeing, right, perceiving, it's because God is showing you things to come. That is part of the dreaming process. I, I moved to Las Vegas 20-some years ago, and, and people always say, you know, uh, Sin City and, and nothing good happens in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But that, that, obviously that's not true because whatever you do crazy in Vegas is going to haunt you back at your house. It is a branding that is so powerful because people actually believe they can come to Vegas and do what they wouldn't do anyplace else, and it won't impact them when they go home. Well, that's a lie. And, and let me just tell you this. I, I just, I've been saying this for 20-some years because God gave me a dream and a vision for Las Vegas. That, that Vegas is the number one destination place in the world. People come to Las Vegas to do, to, to do crazy stuff, debauchery, crazy things they wouldn't do anyplace else. And then they leave and they go back and they take that spirit with them. Can I tell you, God is raising up churches in Las Vegas, Nevada that say Las Vegas does not belong to darkness. Come on, Las Vegas is a city of light and God's going to pour out a greater revival out of Las Vegas to reach the world. What are you seeing? What are you looking for in 2023? I, I, I actually believe that God is doing something that is, I would say, possibly once in a generation. 50 years ago, it was a movement that at that moment, they did not know it was a once-in-a-generation movement. But I do believe that we're in the precipice, come on, Ivy, once possibly in a generation movement. So what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And, and I love this because Isaiah is writing prophetically, God is speaking through him to this nation of Israel, and he's talking about their life, about their life. Just think about your life right now. I'll be 59 years of age this year, so I've lived kind of a long time. And I look back on my life, and I begin to see the hand of God do so many things. It's okay. I was the Holy Ghost hitting somebody. They already fell out. <laughs> you know you're powerful when, man, things are falling out when you haven't even started yet. Jeez, you better hold on to the chair. You may just go out right now in Jesus' name. But one thing about life is life is made up of three segments in your life. You may want to write this down. It's going to help you. Number one, it's made up of your past. It's made up of your present. And it's made up of your future. Your life is made up of your past, your present, and your, your future. 
What is the past? The past is to be remembered, not relived. It's going somewhere. It's going to be really good this morning. You're going to, you're going to be glad you came to church this morning. It's to be remembered, not to be relived. Too many of us, we keep reliving things instead of remembering things. I was talking to somebody and somebody said this to me. Well, God erased, erased my trauma. That's not biblical. God does not erase your trauma. God redeems it. Let me try this section over here. If God would erase your trauma from your life, he would now not give you the ability to give testimony. He would rob you of the opportunity of sharing his grace and his mercy and that I was a drug addict. I haven't forgotten. God redeemed me from it. I was addicted to porn. I didn't forget about it. God redeemed me from it. I was an atheist. I didn't forget about it. God redeemed me from it. Is there any redemption stories in this place right now? We all have been through something. A traumatic event. And if we're not careful, some of us keep going to maybe some certain people and they keep having you relive it, relive it, relive it, relive it, relive it. And you are not to relive it. You are to remember it and say, that's who I was, but this is who I am. And look what God is doing in my life. I could tell you all kinds of stuff that I could remember growing up as a kid. I, I could remember things that, that weren't that pleasant. I could remember things that happened. I, I remember some things, my friends, but I have been redeemed from it. The whole gospel is about redemption. It's about God doing something with, with people that nobody thought he could do anything with. It's, it's a guy named Saul, and he's on the road to Damascus to persecute the church. And, and what happens is, is God shows up, knocks him off his donkey, but there's another translation that I would use, but I don't want to offend anybody. And knocks him down and speaks to him. And this guy named Saul was, was persecuting the church. And it's so funny when, 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 when Saul, who turns Paul, starts retelling his story, he remembers it. He says, I was on the road too. Isn't that powerful that he remembers? He didn't say, you know, I don't know what happened. My memory got erased. My trauma's gone. No, he remembers it, and he tells the redemption story, how God got him when he wasn't even seeking God, and I'm here to tell you, let God use your story of redemption to encourage somebody else. Can I hear an amen right now? So your past is to be remembered, not relived. Our present is for the moment, not for a lifetime. I, I deal with people all the time. I'm in the people business. Life would be good if it wasn't for people. My church would be good if it wasn't for people sometimes. You're laughing. It's okay. You, you, you say the same thing. Man, my life would be good if it wasn't for pastor preaching that message. Now it's like, well, I can't believe he said that, right? But I, I hear people say this. They're going through something like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. OMG. Hashtag. It's never going to change. And, and, and we go through stuff in the present. And we try and make that for the lifetime. 
Your heart is hurting. You're going through stuff. That's okay. But the present is for now, not for the lifetime. Let me say it to you this way. Don't judge your life by a snapshot when God is making a full-length movie. Let me try this section over here. Because if we're not careful, we superimpose what's happening in the moment, and we think that's what's going to be the rest of my life. Right? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that. No, no, your life isn't ru- ruined, Bertha. Come on, help me. You're okay, Sophia. Come on, Juan. You're, you're okay. But, but, but the present is in this moment, in this moment. I, I'm grateful for the present. I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life right now. But I'm not projecting this present for my future because the Bible says I go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And so I know that even if I'm having the greatest moment in my life, it's only going to get better because God is in control of my life in your life. Number three, past, present, future. Future is looking forward with faith. Hope, expectation, to dream again. These three elements about our life are crucial. And in this, God begins to prophesy to his children through Isaiah. The children of Israel now have been taken into Babylonian captivity. In the present, they're in captivity. Carried away by a powerful, powerful empire. And in that, they begin to lose hope. And in this, they begin to look back. They begin to talk about the present. But then God begins to prophesy about their future. Now, it's interesting to note that there's two major things that happen with the nation of Israel. We know, right, that they were slaves in Egypt. Okay? And we know a guy named Mo, a.k.a. Moses, right, led them out, come on, of Egypt with with God's mighty right hand, right, and, and we, 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 if you don't know, uh, go, go watch the old movie or something like that. Or Prince of Egypt or whatever, whatever. Just go watch it, right? Catch, yeah, yeah, all the young people like, I, I want to see the Charlton Heston one. Come on, you old folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not that old, bro. You're going, yeah, you know. Uh, you know. And, 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 and so we know that period of time, that was slavery. Somebody say slavery. But here, this is Babylonian captivity. Say captivity. Captivity, captivity is different than slavery. Because when they were in Egypt, they fought back. When they were in Egypt, they couldn't wait till the chains were broken. When they were in Egypt, they did not adopt the Egyptian thought. Captivity is sometimes more horrific in one way. The Babylonian Empire, the reason why they grew and they were so powerful is because when they took a nation, they didn't make them slaves, they made them captives. What they would do is that they would get the brightest and the youngest and the most influential and they would bring them in and they would train them in Babylonian ways. They would train them in Babylonian thought. Let me just break it down, make it it more simple for you. They would say, we are going to make you adapt to our culture, our ways and belief system. Because the enemy knows if he gets your thoughts, he gets your life. And I'm here to say that we 
are not going to buy in to the culture of this world. We're not going to buy in to what they're saying, to what they're saying about California. We are not captives. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. And God is raising up a new generation that thinks differently, believes differently, talks differently, dreams differently. Why? Because this is the moment that God has for us. You read your Bible, and it says this. It says over and over, if we're not careful, the enemy will take us captive. What does it say? Casting down vain imaginations, calling every thought into the captivity of Christ. So the future must, must be shaped by what God is saying. And he's saying things to this nation because they are in Babylonian activity. And in this, I want to give you just three short points. And I'm going to hit my time because I'm hungry already. <laughs> I know that's not spiritual, but man shall not live by preaching alone. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Number one, write this down. Look away from the past. Verse 18. Forget the former things. Forget those former things. If you continually look behind, you cannot see where you're going. How many drove here in a car? Can I see you drove in a car? You either drove or you rode in a car. Okay, some of you are raising your hands. I don't see the bus system, but I must ride right over here. Okay, I'm sorry. And, and some of you are like, man, I'm, 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 I'm so healthy. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. That's a long walk. There's no homes around here, okay? But if you notice something about a car, I'm a big car guy. I like cars. I, 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 I have a 1960-64 21-window restored microbus. Come on, somebody. Walk through. It's for sale, by the way. Meet me after the church, okay? I have a 1964 uh, 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 Volkswagen Notchback, and it was featured in Hot VW's magazine. It's cool. It's one of my favorite cars. I, I actually have a Tesla. Come on. It, it drove me here. Yay, yay, give me a Y. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, but have you ever noticed something about a car? <laughs> a car has a massive windshield and a small rearview mirror. Implicitly, the car is telling you you should really gaze out the windshield and glance at the rearview mirror. But too many of us, we don't look away from our past. We keep looking into it we keep we keep gazing at it and i've learned this if you are gazing in your rearview mirrors you're driving that car you're going to be the next person on the mayhem all-state commercial <laughs> mayhem's watching mayhem's coming for you Right? And, and, and I see that all the time. And yes, something, yes, something. And also, we just keep, see what he's saying to them. He's saying, listen, prophetically, forget the former things. He says, you, you, you gotta forget what, 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 what is, what is happening. And, and in verse 18, he says, forget the former, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Now, I used to preach this message and I used to say, yeah, forget the bad things, forget all the stuff, forget all that. That's right. But, contextually that's not what he's really saying what they were saying was man remember when God delivered us out of Egypt remember when God did this remember when God did that remember what what Israel was doing was they were actually saying well the best that God ever did is behind us man I, I remember when he did that when he did this and we did that. And if we're not careful, 
We look at previous moves of God as if that was the best that God could ever do. And so prophetically, God is saying, I don't want you to totally forget. And, and, but he's saying, I don't want you to say that when I split the Red Sea, that's the greatest I could do. I don't want you to say when I brought water out of the rock, that's the greatest I could do. When I brought manna down, I don't want you to say that was the greatest I could do. And I want to tell you, this is what I feel prophetically, that God put in oceans and other pastors. Thank God for what God did 50 years ago. The anniversary, we're going to celebrate it. But God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. I hear the Spirit of God say, that was not the greatest that I could do. I'm about to do a new thing. Somebody give God a roar in this place right now. He says, he says, he says, no, I, I don't want you to say that's the greatest I could do. No, the question isn't what God has done. The question is, what is God doing in your life right now? The question is, Pastor, what is God doing in your church right now? The question is, what is he doing right now? And the question is also, what is it that you want him to do in your life right now? You, you, some of us pray shotgun prayers. That's, that's when we never, we never know if we hit the target. God bless me, bless me. What does that mean? God, grow my church. What does that mean? You got you to gotta start praying some prayers, man. You got to start saying, you know what, God? I feel this. I said, I, this is you holding. I pray right now. You should do some drive-by on some buildings. Say, I, that's the one that I want right there, God. I want to I wanna believe you because listen to me. You've got to understand that God wants to do something brand new, but he needs it to come out of your mouth. I, I love the audacious vision. It's like we are going to break. We, we, myself, I'm going to fly down. And I'm going to be baptizing people. And if I feel like they're, they're, they're really bad, I'm going to hold them down a long time. <laughs> they're going to have visions and dreams and nightmares down there. They start flailing. I think you're ready to come up in Jesus' name. Right? But what but, 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 what, 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 what do we say? We're saying we're going to, watch, have the largest baptism in the history of America. Not of California, not of the Western region, but of America. <laughs> it's one thing to remember the Jesus movement and all that and Lonnie Frisbee and, and I got I, I got I got uh, personal stories about Lonnie Frisbee. Not that I met, but I have friends that were personal friends with Lonnie Frisbee. And I could tell you all kinds of firsthand stories. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the tent revivals that took place with Oral Roberts and, and A. Allen and, and William Branham I, and Catherine Coleman. I love all that. But those are just indicators that if God could do that, what could God do in our generation? What can God do in our generation? 
I love this because he's speaking to us. And, and all of a sudden, another translation says, he says, do not dwell on the past. The word dwell means to exist in a given condition or state. And let me just bring, break it down. to It means to be stuck. If we're not careful, as church leaders, we get stuck with what God has done. Instead of what God is doing. I had a great revival when I was a youth pastor. He got touched in that revival. He got men and women all over the world got touched in this revival for six straight years. The power got hit the place for six straight years. Every Wednesday and Thursday, the building could not hold it. Credible signs and wonders and miracles. And people go, tell me about that revival. And to be honest with you, I'm tired about talking about what was. So I started saying, let me tell you what is right now in Las Vegas, Nevada. Let me tell you we're having dropped chairs. Let me tell you we had 135 people say yes to Jesus last weekend. Let me tell you people are being healed. People are being delivered. People are being set free. Let me tell you about the famous and infamous are being touched by God. Let me tell you about some of the most dramatic encounters I'm having. And people that you would think in Las Vegas that would not be interested in Jesus, they are sending the right-hand people and having meetings with me, ready to set up meetings with individuals because the guy tells me, he goes, you can't preach when I bring him to your house. I said, I don't need to preach. He'll feel Jesus when I walk in. If I told you his name, you would be like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Oh, no, 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 no. Why are they coming? It's not because I'm all this or all that, but they are realizing that there is something that they got to tap into. Their money. Come on, somebody. Their cars, all the hedonism, everything else does not touch the glory of God. Somebody say amen. So God is saying to the, this nation, don't, don't continue to live in this condition in your mind or state. Some of us need to break free from yesterday to enter into the today that God has for us. Number two, write this down. Then we need to look intently in the present. Verse 19, intently in the present. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. One translation says, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. Question, what do you view, what do you see in your life happening right now? Do you see possibilities or problems? What, what, what do you see? I live in Corona Del Mar. I walk there, I was walking the last two days, me and Wendy, sitting on the bench looking out. Not knowing that that was the place until I saw the video. I think God brought me to Corona Del Mar. And now I know how to pray specifically. In fact, I'm going to walk down there in those waters. Okay, God, thank you. Let's go 10,000, God, baptisms. Let, 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 let's do 12, God. I, I mean, why, why are we pray small prayer? Why do we hope a 1,000 people come? Maybe we'll have 500. Why don't we pray prayers? See, some of us don't pray prayers because we try and figure out how God's going to do it. If you pray a prayer that you know how God's going to do it, then it's not really a God prayer. You need to pray a prayer where you have no idea how God's going to do it. 
You're praying a prayer because he puts something into you to pray and let him be who God is and let him do something that only he gets the glory for. Give God a five-second praise clap right now. Somebody say, look intently in the present. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you perceiving? What, what is God saying to you? The word perceive in one translation means to know or have a recognition, a recognition, but it means to have an awareness. There are some things I cannot tell you or explain to you. When I tell my kids, God spoke to me, this is what I believe. How do you know, Dad? Don't know how I know. I just know that I know. That was so good. You know there are some things you just know when you're nowhere? Like baptized SoCal, how do you know it's God? Well, can't tell you how I know, but I know that I know. Why? Because God speaks here. Look, God speaks here. This is how God speaks to us, not here. We have been so trained in Greek thought. We are Westerners. We exalt the mind. Nothing wrong with being educated. Nothing wrong with being trained. Nothing wrong with going to seminars and getting, getting the bed. But let me tell you how God speaks. God speaks in here. It is a perception. It is the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says crazy things. I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. What he's praying is, is that we have the perception that's only given by the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Spirit gives you this illumination, you just know that you know that you know. We're supposed to start a church, uh, Wendy, in Vegas. Yep, that's what God spoke to. It doesn't look good. There was no big church planning movements. Okay, it started where? In our house. Okay, we'll just do that. He is saying that, 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 that this perception that the Holy Spirit wants to give you, the perception, he says, he says that God is doing a new thing do you not perceive it now look at crazy thing here he says he says he's prophetically speaking to these people and he says i'm going to make a way in the wilderness and then he says this i'm going to create streams in the desert <laughs> i don't know does anybody like watching like documentaries or anything uh netflix any netflix people here amen yeah 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 uh, I, I i watch netflix and sometimes i might binge a show here here too you know shows but i like like when people are lost in the wilderness as long as they're lost not me are you know what i'm talking about oh this is about you thank god i'm in my living room this is okay <laughs> Right? But if you watch those shows and, and maybe they're, it's just a dramatic series or something like that, and, you know, Lost, way, way back in the day, I got into that thing. And I got into all, so many shows. But you know that if you're lost in the wilderness, you got you to gotta now mark the trees, right? Because if you're not careful and you've seen this before, all of a sudden now they've been walking for two or three days and they go, ah, they start crying. We've just walked in a circle. So here's how you die in the wilderness. You could have water. And food, but you'll die in the wilderness because you're lost. You've lost your way. Prophetically, in 2022, some of us have lost our way. But God is saying, prophetically, not just to Israel, but to you and to me, listen, I'm making a way for you in the middle of your wilderness. And, and God said to me, he spoke this to me so clear a few weeks ago, and he said, read it again. I kept reading it. I read this thing. I don't know how many, and way in the wilderness again. I kept reading it. I kept reading it. I said, okay, God, I'm getting tired of reading this thing. And all of a sudden, it came to me. 
He said, what causes streams in a desert? I live in a desert. You know what causes streams? Unmitigated deluge of water coming sometimes out of nowhere. And streams appear. And how did that happen? Because the rain came from heaven. I prophesied there is a rain and it already has happened that the drought is broken over California. We've had more rain. They can't figure it out. But first the natural, then the spiritual. There are streams about ready to be unleashed in Southern California because the rain of revival is falling over your churches, over your life. This is the season. This is the time for streams in the desert. I see it over businesses. If there was ever a time you pray in the spirit, you should pray in tongues over your business. Listen to me. He says there's streams. Why? Because you die in a desert from lack of water. And I break the spirit of lack off of people in the name of Jesus. 2022, some of you were lacking some stuff. But I'm here to tell you that God is our great provider. That God is opening up things. God is pouring out his spirit. And there's streams that are happening. Somebody come back to the keyboard and says, good sign I'm ending, but we're not. <laughs> that was funny. I don't care what you say. He says this. He says, I am. Somebody say, I am. I am. It's, a, it's a proclamation. God is saying, I am. Like Moses says, who are you? I am that I am. He says, the great I am. I am. Not a denomination, not one church, not one man, not one woman. I am. God will share his glory with nobody else. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. I am making. Somebody say, I am making. That is a very interesting term. I remember growing up in Southern California, went to school in Orange County, went to school at Christian High School, La Habra, Orange County, Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton, Orange County, Vanguard University, come on, Costa Mesa, Orange County, lived in Costa Mesa, come on, somebody, Orange County, right? So I was here before a lot of you were here, okay? And, uh, and so, but I grew up in a, in a city called Pico Rivera, California. Does anybody know where Pico Rivera is? Really? Wow. Okay. You really do? Don't lie. You know where liars go. They go to heaven after you repent. Amen. Just saying. <laughs> and if you're Hispanic, if you say Pico Rivera, you're white. Hispanic Latinos, Pico Rivera. Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I miss my homeland. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love that place. So I would come home, and, and my mom was doing something in the kitchen, and she would, I said, Mom, what you doing? She goes, I'm making a cake. Now, here's my favorite cake. Ready? Yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Come on, can I get a big amen right there? I felt anointed just saying that. Yellow cake, come on, with chocolate frosting. And, um, like, I, 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 I know that, that you just go buy one, but you can actually make one. Not even from a box. You can actually do the flour and everything yourself, but it's okay. So my mom, you know what she would do? She'd be, she'd be making the cake, and so she'd 
put all the greens in the bowl and she get out you know you have to plug it in and it was a handheld one what do you call those things those mixers right it only had two of them right this is not like the fancy kitchen aids that you guys have you just throw it in there it does it all computerized wi-fi tells you when it's done okay it's like, this is crazy what like like even when you have if you're having a baby like like any time in the last last year coming up i mean you got it easy wi-fi does everything you know speed up the rock slow it down it'll mimic this mimic that i'm like where was that i had to actually do it manually myself you know <laughs> so my mom was making the cake she's so she get out two pans two round pans right she take those pans and and she would then pour them in because it was going to be a double layer cake pour them in she had preheated the oven to 325 325 right there right and so it's like man this is like clock i'm just there i'm just a kid i'm like this is awesome this is awesome this is awesome all right man mom mom what are you doing i'm making i'm making i'm making a cake i'm making a cake i'm making a cake i said it's awesome okay benny can you go open up the oven i'm gonna put the we're gonna put the pans in she put them in there and and i shut the door and she says whatever you do don't open up the oven door so all the older people are like that. The other people, why? I don't understand that, right? So if I open up the oven door, the cake would what? Fall. As long as the door oven door stay closed, it would what? If I open up the oven door, it would what? If I kept it closed, it would what? Okay. So the oven was in the same room I was standing in called the kitchen the kitchen was not 325 thank God but the oven was constructed in such a way that it provided an atmosphere that when I put something in that atmosphere it would cause that cake to rise let me just give you something prophetically because this is what I felt so strong even this morning is that God has ways of constructing atmospheres that cause things to rise. You sitting under tents on a Friday night, a Saturday morning, a Saturday night, you being in your church, come on somebody on a Sunday, is God is creating atmospheres. Come on for your life to rise. Come on for faith to rise. Come on for hope to rise. Come on, for your dreams to rise. Please don't open up the oven with fear and doubt and unbelief and all the other stuff. Why? Because when you open it up, the atmosphere will shift and change. Sometimes you got to just say, you know what? I don't understand it. I, I, I'm a little bit discouraged. I'm a bit down, but I will not put my hand and open that up. I'm not going to open up my mind. I'm not going to open up my heart. I'm not going to open my life to other things that are going to cause my life to fall. This is so good. So watch this. My mom said this, I am making a cake. What does that mean? Present activity with future results. So she was done. Hey, hey, mom, what you going to do with the bowl? And the beaters. What are you called? Is that what they are? She goes, I'm going to wash them. I said, I'll wash them for you. I'm a good son. I'll clean those bad boys up. So I hit the little trigger. 
She goes, you're going to clean them? Yep. And these were old school, man. It cuts you. Put my fingers in that bowl. <laughs> well, but that's not the cake, I know. That's coming. But you have ability to taste what's coming. Is anybody tasting? what's coming is anybody sensing right now what's coming on pentecost sunday is anybody sensing and feeling and tasting the lord is good and that god is giving us a little taste of what is coming ah! Ah! <laughs> I driving in last night. I can try not to get emotional. I see it. I taste it. This is just beaters. When I'm in that water, I start dunking people. This is the cake with chocolate frosting. I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Do you not perceive it? Two things for us to understand what he's trying to say. You must see yourself as God sees you, number one. And you must see your possibilities as God sees them, number two. God causes all things to work together. Come on, somebody, for what? Just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's not good. Just because it doesn't look good doesn't mean God's not good. Last point, then I'm done and I'll pray and do what God told me to do. And we have a great pastor's luncheon coming up with somebody that I'm connected to also, which is kind of crazy. Look expectantly toward the future. He begins to prophesy to the children of Israel that now you're going to declare my praise. Well, wait a second. We're still in captivity. Why are you telling us to declare your praise? Because that's where you are for the moment. You're not going to be there for your lifetime. And he begins to get the people to begin to look and dream again for what he's going to do. God has his plan in motion already often say this and it's so true you cannot stop a move of God you can only miss it God the older I get I don't want to miss it I don't want to miss it God I'll set up a pole I don't want to miss it God I don't want to miss I'm going to say to my grandkids one day your dad was there your grandfather was there. Instead of Lonnie Frisbee's picture, there's going to be me. There's going to be Pastor Mark. 
It's going to be all the pastors from Orange County that you're going to be there. Can you see it? Can you perceive it? I just want you all to look just for a second. Hey, Benny, how, how do I lick the beaters? It's called praise and worship. It's called meditating in the scripture. I've been through wars. Been through trauma and pain and heartache. But God's redeemed it. All my three kids love Jesus, not because they're pastor's kids. They love Jesus because they've encountered him. My 22-year-old is going to take over all locations as youth ministry coming up in June. My daughter, Bella, has just become our assistant, and she's creative and brilliant, and she's pre we're preparing for a roundtable, for a small roundtable, and she's blowing me away. She created an app. She created all kinds of stuff for this roundtable. My youngest is 15 years old, and his clothing brand is exploding. Going to do some collaboration. But you'll see him in the front row worshiping God. You'll see him just going after Jesus. Never ask them. They don't have to go to church. I don't like, you got to go to every church service. I say, just come to one. They come to every church experience. I said, but not. He said, Dad, I don't have to. I want to. When God redeems something, it's not just for your life. In fact, let me say it to you this way. This last thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to give a couple of things, and then I'm done. How many have a dream? A dream. You, you just feel like God's put a dream in your heart. Pastor, leaders, people sitting here. Can I see your hand? You put a, a God dream. How do I know it's a God dream? I, I have this question asked a lot. What's your name on this? Tyler. 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 Cool hat. I like that. I have the red one. Hey, give me my hat over there. My, no, my PB hat. My PB hat. I feel, I feel empowered to wear it now because <laughs> some of you thought that was a little bit precocious for me to wear a PB on it. People always thought it's Pastor Benny. No, it's Pebble Beach. I played at Pebble Beach right there. <laughs> but maybe I should put something else that's more powerful on. Maybe I should put something that's meaning, more meaningful to where I'm at right now. I instantly became 20 years younger, praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor Mark didn't even recognize me. He goes, where is he? Oh, he has a hat on. I knew what you were saying. I knew what you were saying. Lord, let every hair follicle that he has, let it stay in there in Jesus' name. If not, Bosley will be visiting you and soon. Didn't work for me, but it's okay. They took their money, but hey, God redeemed it. <laughs> oh, what was I saying? I was saying something. What was I saying? Dreams. Okay, God dream. Somebody asked me this. How do I know it's a God dream, right? Tyler, right, Tyler? How do I know it's a God dream? Because a God dream will not be fulfilled in your lifetime, but through your lifeline. God came to Abraham. You're the father of what? Many what? How do I know it's a God dream? Well, it didn't get fulfilled in his lifetime, but through his lifeline. Can you dream big enough that it would take generations to fulfill it? It makes life different now because I'm not living for myself. 
I'm David in my family. I'm a warrior by nature. We're, we're taking ground. We just bought more land. We're going to build out our transformation center, $4 million project, going to build another building, about a $10 million project. And my goal in the next 10 years is to take and believe God for five major locations in Las Vegas and beyond, but for Vegas. And whoever God has to take over for me and my wife, I want to say my dream is a God dream because I did my part of the dream. But now the next generation has got to take it to the next level. Just think about it. We're going to break history at this baptism. What does God have in our lifetime? But even more, if that's what he has for us, what is the next generation going to do? So good.